Hello and welcome to Glasgow City Heritage Trust podcast, If Glasgow's Walls Could Talk, a new series about the relationships, stories and shared memories that exist between Glasgow's historic buildings and people. Hello everyone, I'm Neil Murphy and welcome to If Glasgow Walls Could Talk, a podcast by Glasgow City Heritage Trust about the stories and relationships between historic buildings and people in Glasgow. In this episode, we'll be talking about Glasgow's amazing murals and who are the people in the organisations behind them. The word mural originates from the Latin word muris, meaning wall, so we can define mural art as any artwork painted or applied onto a wall. Although very often we think of murals as something contemporary and edgy, it is important to highlight the notions that murals have been around for literally ages, with the earliest ones dating back to 30,000 years ago. You can find the modern murals' ancestors in Egyptian tombs from 3150 BC, on the walls of Pompeii, or in numerous Minoan palaces. Winding the clock forward to more recent times, we see murals assuming an increased political meaning in the 1930s when artists like Diego Riviera used this medium to express solidarity, freedom and hope during the Mexican Revolution. Street art, and murals in particular, were and continue to be the most accessible form of contemporary art. Often influenced by political and social issues, murals can change landscapes and influence and inspire communities to do better and strengthen their identities. As powerful representations of society, murals can often be political, sometimes controversial, and very often not to everyone's taste. Examples of the political and social implications of this form of art can be found in murals created in support of the Black Lives Matter campaign, in the numerous murals in Northern Ireland depicting past and present political divisions, or in murals painted on the Berlin Wall displayed at the East Side Gallery, the world's largest open-air gallery, and finally, in the super-popular artworks by Banksy with its famous razor-sharp portrayal of society. During the last decade, mural painting has flourished in Glasgow, so murals can be found almost everywhere in the city and cover a huge range of topics from saints' lives to flying taxis, pelicans and poems. In January 2021, Glasgow City Heritage Trust launched a social media series exploring these great works of art around our city, and this has proved a wonderful opportunity to see Glasgow's magnificent historic built environment through a different lens and learn new things about the artists and the meanings behind them. Glasgow City Council played a big part in giving various artists the opportunity to enrich Glasgow's urban landscape. Glasgow City Council's Mural Fund is a scheme which offers support towards the cost involved in creating and delivering new inspiring murals in the city centre, helping to enhance the look of the area, adding to the experience of visitors while also contributing to local regeneration. Glasgow City Council is also behind the Mural Trail, a free resource that features the diverse range of art in the city centre. The trail is downloadable for free at citycentermuraltrail, which is all lowercase, .co.uk. On the same page, you can also find the map and audio map and information about the different murals. So, our first guest today is John Foster, Project Officer for Glasgow City Council and Project Lead for the City Centre Mural Trail Initiative, as well as a number of other activities, such as Dressing the City, the Glasgow Begging Strategy, the Wayfinding Strategy, and the District Regeneration Frameworks. Over the years, John has been involved in some major capital programs such as the East End Regeneration Route and the City Deal-funded Avenues program within the city centre. So welcome to the podcast, John. Uh, thanks very much, Neil. Um, very happy to be here. It's a pleasure having you here, John. So first off, 
When did the city centre mural trail start and why? It, it's got a, a, an interesting background. So previously, Glasgow City Council had um, an initiative called Clean Glasgow, uh, which was all about um, environmental um, improvements in the public realm. And as part of that, um, murals um, had been introduced as a way of mitigating against instances of, of urban blight and graffiti mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and so on and so forth. Um, whenever the, the city centre regeneration team, so that that goes back, Clean Glasgow goes back to about 2008. Um, right. Whenever the city centre regeneration team, um, of which um, I'm now an officer, um, was sort of set up in around 2012, um, our group manager um, had come from Clean Glasgow and one of the, the aspects of that work that, that, uh, that she wanted to maintain going forward because she thought it had been effective was uh, the continued use of, of street art. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was then those elements were then um, brought into the city centre regeneration team and the city centre uh, mural trail and the city centre mural fund were formally launched um, uh, back in 2014. Right, yes, yeah, so the first ones I can really remember, which really made a massive impact on me, was the swimmers under the Kingston Bridge yep. and either side of the Kingston Bridge. Because I remember that being a real kind of site for graffiti. And then suddenly these kind of hugely impressive swimmers appeared and I always wondered whether on the other side where there's quite uh, on the south side of the river next to the huge co-op building where there's quite an awkward junction whether anyone ever got distracted by these amazing swimmers that you could see kind of you know slicing through the Kingston Bridge it was a really impressive scene yeah I mean it's that the the swimmers actually predates uh, my involvement uh, with the, the City Centre Regeneration team because I didn't join um, CCR until September 2013 um, by which point in time the, the swimmers had um, already been installed so that that's one of uh, Smug's um, works I think it dates back to sort of 20, 2012, 2011 maybe it's one of, I think it's one of his first ones for the City right. Right, I assumed it was in the run-up to the, the Commonwealth Games. That that was part of it as well. There was a few that had been done. Um, obviously, there had been the the murals um, installed by uh, Guido Van Helton. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got the three at, at Partick, just at Partick train station. Yes, um, yeah, I remember that. Them. The, yeah, the which are hugely impressive. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously the the one um, in the city centre as well, the badminton. Yeah, the badminton yeah. player in, in, in the, the heart of the Merchant City, another and, and a hugely impressive one. Yeah. Just the scale of them, it's quite something. So how popular is the fund and how, how many applications do you get per year? Uh, well, we'd, I'd probably refer to inquiries um, mm-hmm. rather than applications. And the reason um, why I say that is because we try and keep the process as informal as possible. So the paperwork... Um, if we get that far with an inquiry, uh, tends to come at the end of the development process. So what tends to happen is say we'll receive an email from from someone saying, listen, interested in doing um, a mural through the City Centre Mural Fund. And then we'll just go through the process in terms of, right, um, this is what's 
um, involved. These are the, the boxes that we have to, to tick off. So the actual paperwork, the actual, in inverted commas, application as a, as a sort of formal um, process takes place right at the very end whenever we've essentially agreed um, that um, that a project can take place and that we've, we've sort of jumped through all the hoops and we've ag- agreed a sort of a, a price and, and what have you as well. So the, the actual application itself um, comes at the end of that process and during that process many in- inquiries will sort of fall by the wayside for a number of reasons. Um, so I, I would I would imagine because um, it's it's kind of difficult to keep track of this. Emails are fair enough because you can, you know, you can go back through your records and you can see exactly how many emails have been received from people making inquiries about you know getting involved in in the murals in the city centre. Um, but if it's through phone calls and what have you, it's, it's a wee bit more uh, difficult to, to to capture that sort of level of data. So I was thinking about this. I reckon maybe somewhere between fifty to a hundred inquiries a year right um, from people interested um, in in either creating um, murals direct, directly themselves or being involved um, in the creation of murals um, and in fact if we widen the scope to just inquiries about the project itself you're probably talking hundreds every year right and how many of those actually can convey through into a finished mural we tend to have Probably at the most, maybe two or three a year for for every for every mural project that we successfully complete. There's maybe about a dozen or so that we just couldn't get across the finishing line because ultimately, right. at the end of the day, the murals, the city centre mural trail project, relies on two key stakeholder groups that we have no control over. Number one, artists or or creative people, people who come to us saying listen I want to do a mural um, so there's that element so we can't control that we can't control how how people are interested in murals or sure. you know that level of engagement and then the second key stakeholder group is landlords because obviously every mural needs a landlord to provide permissions for the use of their property absolutely so basically the, the entire project um, is 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 controlled by other people really we, we just provide um, project assistance and support, and some annual funding, just in order to you know to grease the wheels and allow um, activities where they can uh, proceed um, to take place. So um, it's very much the, the entire project is really a work of of um, phenomenal goodwill uh, from other people. Yes, absolutely. So are there any limits in terms of areas in Glasgow artists, you know, anything like that? In terms of, you know, um, who can apply, uh, I mean, anybody can apply, any any interested party um, can apply, uh, and then obviously there'll be no determinations made based on the, the relative merits of the, the proposals. I mean, there are um, project guidelines, so um, the City Centre Mural Fund, which is the funding mechanism mm-hmm. that, that enables murals where possible to take place, and then once a, a mural has been installed, then it becomes part of the City Centre Mural Trail. Um, but you're looking at things like, you know, in terms of guidelines, um, and we try and keep th- things as accessible as possible, but the actual, the artwork concept, the mural content, so we try and keep things light. So as, as from our point of view, um, we don't want anything that's um, that could potentially impact negatively either on the city or, or the council. 
So what the, the, the general rules we have is, you know, no religion, no politics, no football, you know. Um, yeah, simply I can, because I it, can you understand. Know, yeah, you, you know. Um, so that's it. In terms of geographical scope, the the activity is limited to um, the operational um, city centre area because the funding is is done through our team. It's our project, and all our activities are limited to um, that area. So we can't go beyond um, that that boundary. So as a sort of quick gauge, um, the, the sort of nominal operational area of Glasgow is defined by these boundaries. So High Street to the east, mm-hmm. River Clyde to the south, and then the M8 motorway to the west and the north. There's a wee bit of bleed around those areas, but that but that's it. And then again, depending on, on the, the, the nature of the application, you're then looking at other criteria. So for instance, if it's an artist who's made an application um, is there other, you know, are there any other operational factors? You know, is is this is this mural going to be um, or going to require the use of plant, so like a scissor lift um, or a cherry picker? If so, um, is does the artist have the the, the requisite um, qualifications? You know, the permits and what have you? Um, are they insured? Um, do we do we have access to to the site? Because there's not only do you need permissions from the landlord. But you also might need um, access from an adjacent landowner to get close enough to the wall to actually apply the paint. So, um, and then obviously there's um, there's elements just like the budget itself. So there's no a huge budget for the for the city centre um, mural activity, and whenever the budget is spent, you know, in any given um, financial year, then that's the end of the activity. That that hasn't happened to date. To be fair, we've never, you know, exhausted the budget, um, which is is relatively small. Simply because, as I said, there, there are these challenges to getting a, a, a mural in, in, installed in the first place. That's in- interesting because two two of my favourite ones are actually out in the East End, um, which is there's the the giraffe, um, which is kind of out beyond Parkhead Cross, which um, I think is very good fun. And there is another one by uh, this these two uh, women artists I really admire. Good. Good Wives and Warriors, right, okay. um, which is on, an, uh, it's another one in, in, in Parkhead, and it has all these fantastic symbols of the city in it. Right. And I think that was done for the Commonwealth Games as well. Got you. But it's pro- probably one of the lesser known ones, but it's so intricate, I can't not help admire it. So, is the city centre uh, mural trail, is it popular? Yeah, well, again, this, this is, um, I suppose, this is part of the, the difficulty, it, it, just in terms of getting accurate data of, of site visits because how can you how can you measure effectively how many people will stand next to a building to look at a, a mural that's on it it's, it's very very difficult to to capture that level of um, data I, I mean you're, you're you're basically relying on anecdotal data you know um, or through other means so um, yeah, how instagrammable something is yeah so for instance obviously through through the web app um, that you very uh, kindly Plugged, you know, sort of promoted earlier on. <laughs> um, we do have access to anonymised data, so obviously anybody right. who accesses the the web app, there's there's data sets uh, through that. You know, how many visits, what's the the sort of the, the average sort of visit time, the duration of visit on the, the web app, and what have you. And of course, because the web app also has a, a sort of a GPS element to, to track your progress um, uh, around uh, around the murals. Um, we can coll- also collect sort of various matrices, you know, like how many meters travelled and what have you. So before, sure. 
knowing that I was I was going to be involved in this activity um, this morning, um, I've I've asked some of my colleagues to to have a wee look at the the web app just to see mm-hmm. um, which sort of data. So there's two sort of key sort of data sets I suppose I, I would I would point to. So since uh, lockdown, um, there's been uh, apparently there's been approximately three and a half thousand users right. have um, accessed or used the the web app. Um, and the total number of meters that those, you know, whoever it is that's been out on site, sort of looking at the murals, <laughs> it's um, just under two million meters. Wow! So, um, so just under two two kilometers. Is that right? Uh, two, uh, sorry, two thousand. Two million, two thousand kilometers. Yeah, yeah. Um, have been travelled um, right. within the city centre. So that's um, amazing. So it's, it's something obviously we do promote uh, the mural trail. Um, certainly, you know. Uh, last summer, we were promoting it as a possible lockdown activity, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. given the, the, the changing uh, sort of distancing uh, restrictions. Um, and then, you know, on that, that, that was a, a sort of a, a primary factor behind the, the development and introduction of the audio map. So again, it's to provide um, a virtual guided walking tour. Yeah. So you can go around the sites, you can have that on and you can listen to my dulcet tones uh, as if I was there kind of thing saying, you know, so if I was there doing a guided walking tour, this is effectively what you would hear. So not only does it provide this additional layer uh, of mm-hmm. offer um, for, for the activity itself, but it also means that people who just were unable to travel to the city centre could also you know, partake in a virtual guided walking tour. And again, anyone with either mobility or, or sensory impairments can still get at least get a flavour of of the murals through through accessing and using the audio map as well. So we've tried to make it as user friendly as possible and we'll continue to look at ways and how we can improve the 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 offer of the, the, the murals overall within the city centre. Sure. And do you think the murals enhance the city? Yeah, uh, I mean Again, going back to what I was saying about Clean Glasgow, there were very definite operational reasons as to why the sort of street art was introduced to the city by the council. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're, you're looking at things like vacant and derelict sites, you're looking at mediating or mitigating against um, urban blight, graffiti, mm-hmm. fly yes. posting, uh, that yep. kind of thing as well. So... I suppose the thing you have to bear in mind is that for us, obviously the council is not a cultural organisation. And by that, I mean, we're not like Creative Scotland or we're not even Glasgow Life, you know. So so, we can introduce activities based on what we perceive as as real operational um, issues or challenges within the city centre. But then from there, they they might take flight and become um, a good thing um, in, in different ways. So, for instance, if we were, I made a, a quick list here about some of the the wider benefits or outputs that we think that the murals achieve within the city centre. So, for instance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the murals can be a catalyst for wider strategic environmental enhancements. Yes, because yeah, they definitely. Help to- they, they help to underpin efforts to encourage the positive use of space and they inspire the active participation of local stakeholders. So yes. they help yeah, to yeah. change how a, a place is perceived. Um, secondly, they, they can encourage a visitor footfall to areas out with the, the principal retail areas. So what we, we, we can then achieve is we can increase customer catchment areas um, with uh, those kind of income benefits for local businesses sure. and yep. the communities that they serve. 
Um, we Again, obviously at the end of the day, we are essentially creating freely accessible art installations which can mm-hmm. become local landmarks, cultural touchstones. They, they tend to draw upon local historical references and they embed themselves into traditional area identity. So again, it's, it's that sort of community benefit that, that can come yeah, across. Def- definitely. It's kind of like, you know, this. it's successful in some ways because there are sites in Glasgow which would otherwise be regarded as kind of unsightly and that that has, you know, what you've done in terms of an environmental improvement has, you know, allowed people to kind of feel feel better about that. Yeah, again, it's, it's a lot of what the council, the, the council only exists to support the city. The, the, the mm. council exists for no other reason than that, to support the city. And then you say, well, well what does that mean? And it's this, you know, it's, it's sure, it's making the place looks as presentable as possible. It's, it's using the resources at our disposal as effectively as we possibly can. But again, a lot of it is, is trying to foster a sense of civic pride. You know, this, yeah, this is your yeah, city. You live here, you work here, you visit here. Um, what, there's only so much that the council can do to, to present the city in the best way possible. Um but from that, many great things can then flow. Um, I, again, just to, very quickly, some of the other things I managed to, to sort of note down here. So again, the active travel element, if we can mm-hmm. encourage people to go out and actually see the murals, again, you know, the, the 2,000 kilometres sort of travelled, again, active travel supports the city's healthy healthy living strategy. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I very much, during, during lockdown, it was ironic, and where I am on the south side and Pollock Shields, it ended up, because I was doing a lot of walking around here, but I ended up going into the city centre to do my walks because it was actually always much quieter in the city centre. And you were getting to see just as much kind of of interest there, including yep. the murals, as you were in the south side, where it was actually starting to get really congested because so many people were going out and getting their you know daily daily walk. Yeah, I mean, th- th- this is, again, I suppose that that's, what sort of things can then flow? You, 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 it's, it's like it's the classic sort of analogy. You know, you drop a pebble in a lake, and then the ripples come out. You yeah. know, and it's the same sort of idea. There's 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 various kind of some are benefits, uh, some are maybe you know maybe maybe not so. But then you try and um, steer these after effects in the best way possible. So again, um, hopefully not to bore anybody, but again, some other sort of benefits that we consider. So the, another obvious one is is giving aspiring artists, you know, mm-hmm. an opportunity mm-hmm. to install artwork. Yeah, very much. You know, yeah. effectively on the grandest scale when in some of the most high-profile locations in the country, especially individuals who may have a background in graffiti. So this is an opportunity for them to legitimise, you know, their, their, their evident talents. Um Working with local communities and, 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 and that sort of thing helps to promote partnership working and community engagement. It's, you know, if, if this is the, the the first time you've really engaged with the council, um, then it might change your perception of, of what you believe the, the, the council is and what the council does as well, you know. so Very much to- if you get a positive outcome like that. Have you, I mean, to look at the flip side of it, have you, have you as a councillor, have you been criticised for any of the murals? That's decided to fund. Well, this is interesting because um, overall, the the you know the reaction to the city centre mural trail has has been overwhelmingly overwhelmingly positive. Not not just you know within the city, but but further afield, we've received um, you know positive responses both nationally and, and and internationally as well. You know, again, some some of the inquiries that we've received have been from you know uh, America. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, New Zealand, Australia, um, that, that, that kind of thing. I actually had a, a meeting a few years ago with someone who was looking to establish um, a similar activity in, in San Diego, I think. Right. Um, and it just so happened that, that this, um, I think it was like an art professor, um, she had she was in the area um, and she asked, you know, whether or not, I could have a quick meeting with her just to, you know, again, explain the background and, you know, how it tends to work for us and what have you. So, and that's a conversation that I've had with loads of different organisations across the UK and further afield because people see what's happened and happening in Glasgow and they think, I, th- I think that something like that, not necessarily the exact same shape, um, but something like that might work really well in our own locality. And, and we are happy to, you know, to tell people, you know, this is what we do, this is how, you know, this is the background, this is how we think it works. But yes, there, there are people who just don't like murals, you know, and, and that's just the way of it. So, but what we try and do, we, we wouldn't put a mural, we wouldn't install a mural, we wouldn't progress a mural if there was any um, sort of significant pushback. So, in part of the process, you know, engaging with stakeholders and engaging with local communities just to make sure that we have the necessary permissions before we could uh, progress. That, that's a litmus test. So we wouldn't progress a mural if if um, if there was any sort of notable or significant um, sort of pushback to a Antagonism proposal. Antagonism about it. And that, that's happened. That that's happened in the past where we've maybe got the landlord's permissions, but there's maybe been people round about adjacent stakeholders who felt no, we don't want it here, so we just we, we haven't done it. Right. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, particularly when you're talking about San Diego, there was a really interesting article in the New York Times yesterday about how um, the impact of COVID on city centers in the United States and livability in city centers is something they're really aiming for. Yep. And, and it, it's, there were many parallels with Glasgow city center that I could see in that article. And it was quite fascinating because it was like looking at places like Boston, which is something like 80% was offices and there was next to no people actually living in the city centre. San Diego was the exact opposite. It was m- far more people living in it. But that's a real challenge, obviously, for the city as well as to how we repopulate the city centre. And murals do actually really assist with livability. Yeah, it's, um, again, if you look at the city centre strategy, which is our, the, the, the team's sort of uh, guidance document, um, the, the a lot of what we do comes from... Um, well, everything that we do is evidence-based. So district regeneration frameworks, the, the city centre living strategy, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the, the retail strategy, you know, with, 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 as people might say we've actually got far too many strategies that were strategy heavy and, and that's, that's a, um, you know, a, a relatively reasonable um, assertion, I suppose. But we look in the same way that people might come to Glasgow and look at the murals and think, well, oh, that's a good idea. We could do something similar um, yeah. back down the road. We're always looking um, at examples, you know, the, the lane strategy and, and what have yeah, you as yeah. well. So we're looking at the best examples um, around the world to see whether or not um, we can, uh, you know, improve the city. And for us, you know, for my team, it's restricted to the city centre. But again, that, that the entire purpose of the, the council is to support the city, to make sure the city is is the best it can be at any given uh, moment in time. So and and that's so all these things that you mentioned there, these are all these are all being discussed, they're all being progressed in, in a way that, that fits Glasgow because although somebody might have a good idea, they might have um 
they might have introduced it in a particular way because that works in that area. So we can take the, 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 the essence of that idea and try and bring it into Glasgow, but we'll maybe have to tailor it in specific ways, um, simply because of, 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 of sort of local factors, whatever they might be. Sure, sure. So who owns the mural? Um, is it the artist's property, the building owner's property, the council's citizens? Who, who, who does yeah, it to? It's an interesting question. Uh, sort of conundrum and it's come up a few times um you know something because people ask questions and you know that, that sort of thing it, it, it's sort of it's one day once where somebody takes you know can do i need permissions to go and take a photograph of a mural that that kind of thing as well so my understanding and again just just um for anybody who's listening who is a lawyer i'm not a lawyer so i'd be reluctant <laughs> to go out on a limb and you know end up digging a hole for myself but my understanding is that the the legal position of ownership and intellectual property rights mm-hmm, surrounding mm-hmm. Um, murals are as follows. So number one, the landlord, i.e. the building owner, they own the physical mural. The paint right. has been applied to their property. Therefore, okay. the person who owns the, the property owns the, the physical mural itself. Uh, number two, the artist retains intellectual property rights in their creation. So they, they have a, a right to, to basically... Uh, commercially profit from the use of images so if you see anybody with an image of a mural on like a a mug or a t-shirt or what have you really the only person that can do that is the artist or through his or her license to someone to then create products based on that um, intellectual property Um, and then third um, uh, Glasgow City Council um, has a license to use images of um, city centre mural trail uh, murals because we have um, local agreements with the with the artist. So, whenever as part of the the formal sort of end process in terms of you know the application, the formal application process, we will um, uh, enter into um, a sort of a, a commissioning agreement with the artist. Uh, based on that particular mural and part of that is you know gcc wants a license to use images again it's within agreed parameters so we would only use images of the murals that have been created through the project to either promote the project itself the city Mm -hmm. center mural trail um, and or uh, the city of glasgow so we would we would never use an image of uh, any of the murals for any other purpose, um, and then finally you've got you know the legal position regarding private individuals taking photographs, etc. Again, my understanding is that they own the copyright in that image, but they are then restricted in how they can use that image. So again, they couldn't take a photograph necessarily of a mural and then make you know cups and t-shirts because that would then impinge on yeah the artist's intellectual property rights so so that's my understanding but listen um people could you know i'd be happy to take a steer from anybody who knows these things better than me you know so thank thank you john so a lot of the great murals which were created thanks to the City Centre Mural Fund are created by Art Pistol, an artist-led group and pop-up gallery who create, curate and collaborate in public and private spaces with Scotland's top visual artists. Art Pistol created some of the most iconic murals in Glasgow, such as the Charles Rennie Macintosh mural by artist Rogue One, the Good as Gold mural, the Shadow Hand Puppets mural in Cowcaddens, and the Billy Connolly murals, just to name a few. I'm very happy to introduce you to our second guest, Ali Smith, co-founder of Art Pistol Gallery, director of Art Pistol Projects and The Portrayals, 
Painting Scotland's Climate Story, a nationwide visual storytelling project exploring climate issues through art created in areas on the front line. This project aims to strengthen the connections between people and the environment and the two inspire positive change in alignment with the UN Climate Change Summit COP26, which is happening in Glasgow in November 2021. So welcome to the podcast, Ali. Hi, yeah, cheers Neil, good to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. So first off, can you tell us how, how did Art Pistol start? Many, many years ago, um, almost, well, I guess it sort of became a dream, you know. Um, actually, at art school did a project on establishing an online space for artists. So that was mm-hmm. over 20 years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, through various things in between then and now, um, we of us set up Art Pistol uh, in 2011. Um, we both actually came out of uh, Glasgow School of Art and seemed to hit a wall all those years ago. You know, there was uh, we sort of adapted and, and fell into 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 other things almost too easily, and you know, we started to drift from what was maybe we saw as a purpose, as certainly a, a passion, um, and kind of think why you know why why should we and why why should why should every artist that's perhaps lesser known or, uh, you know, just coming towards the end of their studies, why should they take further paths when they've spent all this time, um, you know, nurturing a talent? So mm-hmm. um, we started doing pop-up galleries and, and sort of cool and interesting locations in 2011, um, with, say, with a focus on working with underknown artists, um, you know, guys that deserve to make a living from it, and uh, also helping recent art school graduates, uh, you know, people that deserve the opportunities um, to, to try and make a go of it. Um, and yeah, and it, it sort of evolved into to various things ever since then. Um, it's going well. Right. So how did you get involved with Glasgow City Council and the Mural Fund? I, I still I still remember the, the conversation, the, the meeting fondly, um, 2011. Um, I think Glasgow had this style mill. Uh, it was going, going very well. Uh, and we just wanted to, to get involved in some way um, try bring a new perspective uh, with the, the different artists we we're working with yeah just just really do the best in, in representing um, the guys we were say, working with collaborating with um, and we would speak to everybody we could we still, we still try to do that so the conversation developed over time and um, we got a great opportunity um, the first mural we did with the council to, to transform a bit of an eyesore building on Clyde Street um, facing the river, uh, we, we we hooked up with Rogue One. It's 2012. Um, was 2012? Um, and he he did his, his magic and a, an amazing sort of scenic look at the Clyde. Um, and I I guess uh, I, I don't know if, if you if you recall it, but um, yeah, elephants swimming in the Clyde, Daleks, divers, and you know, thankfully not not shop, shopping trolleys, and uh, yeah, and then. <laughs> And away we went, and there was, you know, there was there was a focus in the early days, certainly of, of tackling the eyesores. Um, regeneration was t- sort of top of the list, um, and um, it's now evolved into this this sort of you know beautiful and amazing thing that, that people love and, and come to see. Sure. So, um, what are the main challenges in developing any of your murals in Glasgow? Hey, well, I think John's probably outlined a lot of the complexities, and just to show that you know, there's there's, there's so many elements to a project: um, artist, concept, landlords, tenants, permits, 
you know all sorts of stuff. Um, so it's never it's never straightforward. But I think you know everything just needs to be balanced, and everyone should be happy. Um, and you know we, we try we try work towards that. I think the biggest challenge is probably that put an artist by themselves. Um, you know to produce something that shines or that exemplifies their practice and connects or you know or entertains or engages in some way um all, all the other technical and logistical stuff can always um, be overcome well not normally mostly yeah um so yeah it's it's, it's, it's the creative what's going to be the piece on the wall that shines that, that that people want to stop and look at and talk about and you know engage with i think that's the the, the hard bit so presumably it must involve a great deal of kind of patience and tenacity on, on, on your part to, you know, create something and see it through to the finish from the initial ideas. Yeah, I think I think they can. You know, every, every, people always ask, how does a project work? And uh, there is no kind of straightforward answer to that because the number of variables, every project can be very different. Um, but yeah, it's just... I. I guess having faith in, in where you're going with it and um, faith in the people you're working with and you know, ultimately everyone just wants to, to create something that looks beautiful or um, engages in some way um, and that's so we're sort of everyone's in it together and normally normally we get there um, but you know John's highlighted the, the complexities of it and you know sadly a lot of things do do fall short but uh, you know we all, we all keep on trying and um, you know more new, new stuff's coming out all the time so it's good. Um, so, can can you tell us a bit more about your your project for COP twenty six, the the portrayals painting Scotland's climate story? And do you think that public art can be a, a, a you know a catalyst for change? Hey, I, well, the, the portrayals it's been a, a, a project a sort of a, a long time coming. Obviously, last year the the, the pandemic um, altered the course of, of many things. One of which was the our, our schedule of painting. Um, you know, to, to align it with with the conference, uh, which was due in November last year, and November this year is now coming. Um, so basically, we we're going out across Scotland, uh, Highlands and Islands, never in between, and we're, we're looking for the sort of intimate stories around how climate will be affecting these these different locations. So, you know, you, you look at the Eusts and it's low-lying islands, so uh, sea level rises are obviously going to have an impact there. And, um, you know, you imagine a painting in that beautiful setting, but you need to be sensitive to the locals, sensitive to the, you know, the, the landscape as to, to where you're going to do it and what you're going to do. So there's, you know, there's, there's a level of engagement that we're having in every location and uh, with, with all the stakeholders as well, because we've gone out and we've, we've, we've basically sought private sponsorship from from various companies that are equally kind of green-minded. So, um, you know, again, how does a, a project work? And it's another example of it's, 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 an, it's a slightly different path for us. Um, but again, we're all in it trying to create something that's going to uh, strike a chord with whoever gets to see it, uh, and be that in person or online or you know in the papers, wherever it may be. So yeah, so we're we're working towards that this year with painting to start um, end of August, start of September, um, and take us up to um, yeah the conference in, in November, and we're just we're finalising a lot of stuff just now, um, but it's it's going well and great. Certainly, a lot of 
a lot of desire to, to see the project fulfilled and um, yeah, just working hard on that. There's not a risk that something like that can only just be a distraction, you know, from what this this fast issue is. Um, you know, well, street art is often used as you know social commentary, political protest, you know, re- rebellion. It's, it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. what its roots are in. So I think it's the perfect tool, you know, medium to to, to discuss this. Um, you know, we can look at uh, Scotland's, uh, it's, a, it's a national visual effort, national visual story, storytelling project. So we're getting stories from all different walks of life. And, you know, there's some really interesting things coming out. So it's, you know, it's it's really connected to, to all the locations it's, it's happening. So there's, there's a real integrity about the project. And, you know, art, art can elicit powerful emotions and reactions. And on a basic, even, you know, a basic level, people will, will look at art and think about it, maybe take a photo, share on social media. You know, it's all, all very casual, but the, that content starts to evolve and um, perhaps the, the pals engage, um, the media picks it up um, and so on. So one, one person's photo can make quite an impact um, and then you add in the stories that we're portraying here and the whole, the whole point of this and there's another layer of, of sort of wonder and, and, and scrutiny um, and you have this this powerful tool and you know I, I think it's uh, yeah it, certainly there's, 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 a, there's a want and there's a desire from everyone we speak to about this to do it and it's you know just presenting the, the this climate narrative in a different way um, and uh, yeah, I think it's it's, it's going to be very a very striking thing. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what emerges from that. So, um, with, with with regards to kind of the work you've done to date around Glasgow, you know, do you, do you have a particular favourite that Art Pistol have created for Glasgow City Council? Hey, you know, there's loads of amazing stuff. Um, you know, not 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 to to sort of single out anything in particular, but uh, favourites have always, Rogue One's hand shadow puppets up at Kukadans, I always loved that. Um, there was a great, a great kind of visual we've got of about a week before we were due to start that, there was a burst water main and the whole tunnel was submerged in water, which is which is pretty mad. Right. And then, yeah, a week later, so t- talk about before and after photos, that was quite, Quite the example, but um, <laughs> the girls, the girls in uh, Renfield Lane, the more recent one, another one piece. Girls playing with bubbles. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful piece. Um, the Gold Fredo in Springfield Court by Conzo uh, and Global. Um, yeah, I love you know, I love, I love, I love fun pieces. I love the entertainment and street art and the, the sort of the theatre of it. Yes. Um, but you could, you know, you could give me a, a brooding, emotive portrait, and I'd, I'd get as much level, you know, same level of joy from that. As I would, so I think it's down down to balance and different different styles, different artists getting out and, and doing their thing, and it you know it all kind of pieces together as a you know Glasgow's Glasgow's response, Glasgow's you know Glasgow's gallery, the mural trail, and all that. So sure. So um, looking at other cities across Europe that have a high number of murals, um, do, do you think that Glasgow can aspire to be as a city as kind of renowned for its street art as Berlin, Athens, or Belfast? A you know, I, I wouldn't say I would aspire for us to be like somewhere else. Um, for me, you know, what's what does Glasgow do best? Let, let it do be it do that, yeah, do, do more of that. You know, <laughs> I think there's um, if you consider what what's the, the story behind the murals and, and all the different cities, obviously 
Belfast uh, has a different type of mural traditionally and um, so that uh, a different kind of starting point but I think ultimately there's, there's a balance between all the, the you know the big name artists that travel the world and paint in the big cities um, and then what's coming out of that particular city itself you know the, the big names coming in and the, the big names that are based here as well there's, there's, there's some some world-renowned artists that are based in Glasgow of course um, you know they, they offer a glimpse of a glimpse at what success looks like, you know, whatever that means to an individual, of course. But um, you know, whether it's the, the sheer skill set to produce uh, the, the quality of art that they do, or it's the the work ethic to take on a massive wall, or, or whatever it is, I think it, it just that that sort of insight it can give to to those who aren't yet on that level, or maybe who aspire to that level. Um, and uh, yeah, ultimately just letting the, the city breathe and evolve naturally uh, is quite an exciting prospect. And you know, Glasgow's identity, whatever that is or could be, that's that's, that's what it is for me. So, and do you have a, a dream mural project in Glasgow or a dream building that you would like to paint that mural on? Uh, not really. I mean, the, the portrayals like actually comes quite close to being a dream project. Um, Scotland is a, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, it's an outstanding country and um, you know what story we're getting to tell and a time we're getting to tell it as well. And um, you know for us to get out and, and see a bit more of that and, and spread the message is, is, is quite a wonderful thing. Um, but you know a building in Glasgow not probably don't even have a, a dream building to be honest. I'm, I'm probably leaning towards the unexpected these days so um somewhere almost hidden in plain view uh it's quite interesting you could walk past it every day yeah that's uh, that def- definitely one of the things i like about glasgow too. yeah yeah you just you know you, you you turn a corner and wow you know something's there that wasn't there yesterday or um you know you stumble across it or or perhaps you go hunting um to explore the city and, and see these see these new things um or these things that have been there for a while you just have, have never had the time to see um but yeah, collaborations with multiple artists are very interesting, like the project we did down at uh, the Cluda, the Cluda Portraits. Um, and uh, so we had canvases that would that would suit that. I quite like the idea of. Um, but, you know... Oh, oh, yes, it's one, one of the things I miss miss on my commute is not getting to walk past that every oh, day. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, just always looking and, um, again, as John probably highlighted earlier, it's, it's it does get harder, but I think it's, it is steering some of the, the searches for walls off the beaten track which in turn is actually having quite a positive effect so um yeah just interesting to see where it where it takes us you know what's what's around the next corner a wall or a mural you know sure absolutely yep um okay i'm going to bring john back in at this point because i have a final question for for both of you um and this is a question we ask all our guests so it's completely loaded and that is what is your favourite building in Glasgow, and what would it tell you if it's Walls Could Talk? Who wants to go first? Oh, I mean, I'm happy to, to, to flounder on this one first. Um, <laughs> you dive in there, John. <laughs> I suppose, I mean, I could say something really sort of corporate and say the City Chambers or something like that. I mean, the City Chambers is a, is a cracking building in its own right anyway, and I like the history about, you know, the old uh, co-op hypermarket. That was the second design. That was a design that that, that didn't win but they built it anyway you know and it became the the, the old uh, co-op piper market just yeah, yeah. Um, you know just to the sort of south west of the immediate sort of city centre next to the Kingston Bridge and what have you 
buildings for me, um, I suppose I would go with buildings that I have a, a sort of a, a connection with. So one side of my family's from sort of the Govan area and the other side is from, from sort of the Parkhead area. Um, and when I was younger, I, I, I had spells when I lived with um, sort of both sets of grandparents, just the way things worked out. So I remember um, going to the, the Transport Museum when it was at sort of Kelvin Hall um, on a sort of almost sort of daily or weekly basis. I loved that place. So the, the sort of the Kelvin Hall, the old Transport Museum, the Riverside, I think, is a is a, is a cracking uh, building as well. So it would be... I've got to be honest, if if, if you if I was being honest... Um, it would probably be a, a pub now, you know. So, you know, your, your favourite, what, what place do you frequent more, most often? It's probably going to be a pub. But um, I sort of, it, it would be buildings that I have um, a sort of connection to from way back in the day because, you, you know, you, you kind of be a, a sort of a, a whiff of nostalgia and going back to a place that you were, you know, that you've been going to for, for, for years and years and years and years. I mean, I love the subway stations as well. I love the mm. smell, the, you know, that, that kind mm-hmm. of real sort of febrile sort of tactile. You know, you know exactly where you are, you know. Um, so so things like that, that that's 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 what I love about, about places, you know, the sort of the connections you make to a place and the sort of that, that sort of nostalgic sort of sense of, of place sure. that, you, that, that kind of lives with you. Yeah. Even if you're not there, I mean, right now, just imagining the subway, a subway station, I can just, you know, that mm-hmm. yeah, smell, smell, yeah, smell, smell so the, the sort of the, the, the wee sort of gusty winds that come through and the, the noise of the train as it approaches, stuff like that. So it's that that's that's what I would I would go for something. Probably doesn't fit the nature of the question you were asking, really. But that that to me is the, the sort of the, the sense of place that that that, that kind of thing. So. Oh, abs- ab- absolutely. I mean, that kind of yeah. You're, you're a, 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 it's a city is an immersive experience. It's all those things: the, sm- the sights, the smells, the sound of it. That's it all makes up that place. Yeah, it lives so, yeah, and totally breathes, and, and you get yep. to you get to exist within all of it. You yes. know, So I'd I'd probably I go for something something like that. And you, Ali. I love a castle in uh, Glasgow. Well, city centre. Sad, sadly, sadly lacking in one. Well, actually, we've got we've got we've we've got quite a few, but yeah. they're all they're not quite on yeah, that scale. There's, obviously, there's there's some some beautiful buildings, and yeah, the the, the stories that, that connect with those those spaces. Um, even just these the old photos of looking down tenements in the back courts. Um, you know, Hundred years ago, whatever it's going to be, like it's beautiful. But I can I, I, I knew this question was coming, and I've, I've thought about it, and I, I, I don't, I don't have one. I, I can't actually, and this sounds like a, a real cop out, but um, I, I, it's just it's just <laughs> the, the general flavour of Glasgow to go out and experience, you know, to walk around, and everyone says, you know, walk around Glasgow and look up, and you, you see, and it's, you know, I think it's probably maybe in my my kind of nature that that sort of. A, adventurous and like to get out and explore so it's always looking for new stuff and not really ever settling on 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 what what's there but um i don't know maybe there's some kind of psychological disconnect <laughs> i don't know but um yeah it's glasgow in general um has some amazing stories but some of these buildings as well that are connected with certain periods in our history there's there's there's, there's bad stories to tell there's a lot of bad stuff so um mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a, a protective mechanism to to not think about some places that you you maybe hold dear and and what the actual the the, the, the truth you know what the walls actually said back then because it's there's going to be a lot of not very nice stuff um, certainly um, sure 
as we as we evolve. But so I, I, I rambled and seemingly unconsidered answer. But um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> it's, it's, so. it's it it is it is true. You you have to accept the rough with the smooth, and that's kind of what I like about Glasgow. Is it's it's quite prepared to do that. Yeah. You know, we're not yeah. precious. So, which is something I value. So, and you, you have to be honest yeah. about things too. Yeah. Sorry, Neil. Can I can I just jump in another jump location? On you go, John. Sprung to mind uh, the Barrowlands. Uh huh. You know, I've been going there for years for yep. for you know gigs, music, concerts, that kind of thing as well. And I've always appreciated the Barrowlands because it still retains that. So it's like a, a place lost in time. There's plenty of places like that. I mm. mean, you know, mm-hmm. Sloans and what have you as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they still they, you know that architecture. You, you still get that sense of. Um, of space is, is a sort of a quick anecdote, a very quick anecdote. Um, my youngest brother um, got married a few years ago, and his wife is is from the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. So a, a couple of years ago, we went to a gig um, uh, at the Barlands, and she had never been before, and the, she felt the place had a, a, a sort of an, an oppressive sort of scariness to it. There was something about the, the Barlands that that she didn't immediately take to. You know, and she goes, oh, I uh-huh. don't like this place. You know, I don't like this place. You know, and so afterwards I says, well, what was the matter? Because you know, Barlands is a world famous venue. You know, it's it's always rocking. Um, and she says, no, no, I just you know, there's something about the place I don't like. But then whenever you think back to like Bible John and stuff like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you go, maybe there is something that she was picking up on. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know, but I. It's, it, yeah, it is. It is funny. Sometimes, sometimes you get that out. I, I lived in Berlin for a while, and. I don't know, maybe it was because the winters were very dark there. Um, in the same way, I suppose, they're dark here too. But it was just something about it. And you could still see bullet holes in the walls and things. And there was um, there was a huge, the, the Siemens factory out in the east end of Berlin. And the lighting on that made me think of concentration camps. And I just felt really, really uncomfortable there. Because it was all cobbled surfaces, the light shining back off it. And it was like big, you know, searchlights down on you as you're crossing the space to go and see, there was various art galleries in there. And I just felt really, really uncomfortable there. And I, I, I couldn't put my, you know, my, 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 my finger on what it was, but I think it was something to do with that. I was just, I could not shake that history and knowing about see, it. I think that's really interesting because obviously a city at the end of the day, as much as it's buildings, it, it's people, you know, a, a city is, it's, it's people because otherwise none of this would exist. It would all be superfluous, yeah. you know, the buildings, the bridges, the roads, what have you. So, you know, in as much as there's the famous saying, you know, about, you know, Glasgow built the Clyde and the Clyde built Glasgow, I think you could also extrapolate from that and say, you know, uh, people made Glasgow and Glasgow made its people. Yep. Sort it does. Of thing. So yep. there's, there's an essence to a, a building somehow incorporates it, yeah. its entire history about the people that have been there, the things that have happened. It gets in, Somehow it gets ingrained. Yeah. The, the the stonework the fabric and yes. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're saying it enough you can, you can pick up on it yeah it's, it's Winston Churchill and as you know that you, you you shape your buildings and your buildings shape you which is actually exactly. talking about the, the debating chamber in the House of Commons there yeah, the whole debate over whether or not they should restore it nature and nurture environment yeah. you know what 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 uh, what influences you so yeah very definitely. much very much. Okay, thank you very much to both of you, Ali and John. That's been a really, really interesting and informative discussion. Thank you And if all of our listeners enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow the hashtag, If Glasgow's Walls Could Talk. Thank you very much to both of you. Thank you very much, Neil. That was a pleasure, both of you.
The following message was submitted by a member of the public. If you want to leave a message about your opinions, memories and thoughts about Glasgow's historic built environment, have a look at our website to find out how. I would like to see on a mural real people from the multicultural community of Pollock Shields on a gable end on Albert Drive, as there is nothing reflecting the diversity of the community. Glasgow City Heritage Trust is an independent charity and grant funder that promotes the understanding, appreciation and conservation of Glasgow's historic built environment. Want to know more? Have a look at our website at glasgowheritage.org.uk and follow us on social media at Glasgow Heritage. This podcast was produced by Inner Ear for Glasgow City Heritage Trust. This podcast is kindly sponsored by the National Trust for Scotland and supported by Tunnex.